in today's show, and when I ask them about these these questions about success, the definitions are all uh, relatively the same, although worded differently. And I think that they all give an insight to how you, as the entrepreneur, perceive what success really is. And then the answer to the, that the answer that I get back on, are you successful, varies from, yes, I'm very successful to, well, you know, tomorrow I'll be more, I'll try again, kind of like a version of what you just did. Yeah. So, so it's like one or the other, but both the answer is always yes, because you can't deny the fact that you have done the best with the tools that you had at your disposal for that day, just like John Wooden taught you. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy hearing your stories. Matter of fact, what's funny about this particular interview, and this is this is true. Uh, normally, when I'm interviewing people, I'm, I've, I've got a notepad here and I'm, I'm taking notes throughout the process and I'm thinking about, OK, this is the question I'm going to ask. But, dude, I'm so enthralled with your story personally um, that I haven't taken any notes until you told me your your uh, Instagram handle. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> thing I wrote down. It's like, okay, I love I it, man. That's awesome. In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. I'm the real Jason Duncan, and man, I have a treat for you today. Uh, I don't know how I got connected with this guest. Uh, we had a conversation pre-show and neither of us could remember. Only I, only I think it was his agent reached out to, or his publicist reached out to me to about to get on the show. But no matter how it happened, um, I, I just finished recording the show and I'm doing the intro after the fact. And I, I typically do that, by the way. But, but this conversation is probably one of the most exciting conversations I've had in a while with an entrepreneur on the show because of his story and what he stands for. And aren't we always attracted to things that we, uh, you know, like attracts like, and, and when you know, somebody stands for something and you agree with that, you're attracted to them. And that's what, that's what you're going to hear today. Ryan Blair is my guest on the show today. And you might not have ever heard of him. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but I, I had never heard of Ryan before this, but now I, I, I'm absolutely amazed and impressed with this guy. He's a number one New York times bestselling author. He's a serial entrepreneur, and he's the founder of uh, his latest company. is called Alter Call, and we're going to talk to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him today, and the story is going to start at 21 years old when he starts a 24/7 tech company. And he talks about how he got a phone number 877 24/24/7 tech, and he and he he's he started that company as a young man. He's going to talk about the fact that he was a gang member as a teenager. Um, and his biggest endeavor yet was Vasalis when he bought that company for 75 grand and then ended up selling it for $792 million. And we're going to talk about how that happened because he took, he took his software to the founders of this company, kind of worked with them for about six months and then decided to take it over. And they went from $25,000 a month in billable sales to $65 million per month. I mean, think about that. It's just astounding. 
$25,000 a month to $65 million a month. Um, he wrote a book in 2011 called Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. And that is what led him to be a number one New York Times bestselling author. Um, and the subtitle of that book is How I Went from Gang Member to Multimillionaire Entrepreneur. And he's going to talk a little bit about that story today. And I think that you're probably going to want to pick up that book and read a little bit more. Um, but in 2014, he actually took that and created a documentary. And he's going to talk a little bit about the documentary, Nothing to Lose. You can find it on YouTube. It's just called Nothing to Lose, the documentary, which follows his inspirational story of how he overcome overcame challenges. Um, he's going to tell you on the on the show today about how he had the cameras follow, following him around when a couple of huge life-changing events just happened to happen. And they, they've incorporated that into the documentary. Um, his mom passed away in 2017, sadly, and he spent two years reinventing himself and having a spiritual reinvention. And that's when he founded the company Alter Call. And it helps entrepreneurs discover their true life's purpose with a very proprietary curriculum. And I am going to be getting involved in Alter Call. He and I connected after the show, after the recording. We, we got each other's phone numbers. I'm going to connect. I want to, I want to look into this because as much as I believe that you should join net, net, networks and masterminds, I want, to, I want to look into his as well because it's really good. So, so stay tuned. So uh, Ryan has appeared on Dr. Phil, CNBC, MSNBC, Bloomberg TV, CNN, and Fox. He's been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Inc. Magazine, Fortune Magazine, Business Week, Wall Street Journal, and the Financial Times. And today, he's my guest on the root of all success. Please welcome Ryan Blair to the show. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. It's an honor to have you here, and I am really excited about the conversation we're going to have today. Thanks for having me, Jason. Well, um, what's one of the cool things about doing a podcast like this is that uh, we were talking pre-show about how I get to meet people that my life would never interact with otherwise. I mean, you're in Hollywood Hills. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, we're geographically, we're not kind of crossing paths at the coffee shop downtown or something. But uh, and then you have built, you know, nearly billion dollar businesses. And uh, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I've built some multi-million dollar ones, but not not with nine figures. And I'm like what you're doing. So we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. So, uh, again, thank you for being here. So let me ask you this. Um, your your story as an entrepreneur started when? I mean, did, did you do did you sell stuff as a kid? Yeah. Where did you start as an entrepreneur? You know, I I was born as an entrepreneur. I, I got to tell you, I've been uh, doing different things, lemonade stands, multiple paper routes, hustling my dad for money to, to do gardening in the backyard, figuring out ways to get my neighborhood friends to do the gardening. And then I would just make a profit on top of their labor. So I had it in my, my, you know, my, my soul at a very early age. And I always was very money conscious. You know, I, I would count my money. I would save my money. I would try to duplicate my money and multiply my money ever since I was a very young child. So like it's, you know, back to three, four, five years old, you know, I was always trying to get my hands on as much money as I possibly could. So you were hustling as a kid. Yeah. When did you start your first like real company? When, when you had an LLC or incorporation, like what, yeah. what when did that start? Um, well, so the first, so I, the first thing I did is I, I got a, a job. Like I had a number of different jobs, but one of the jobs that I had, I, well, two of them actually, I worked for entrepreneurs. So I got to observe them and see how they, they ran their businesses and ran their lives. And, 
And so I, I extracted from them the principles and the practices and the understanding of running my own business. And I started my first company called 24-7 Tech at about the age of 20 years old. Um, and it was in the uh, computer uh, network support and network monitoring and things like that. I did that about 20 years old. So at 20, did you have experience? Did you have a degree or anything in that particular field of technology? No, I was actually going to school. Well, I did have experience in the field of technology and that I had worked in technology for a couple of years prior to that. My first real job and I, I, I did odds and ends for my first mentor in a real estate firm and I did help him repair his computers and upgrade his computers and, and implement, you know, a small computer system. It was like a three person office. So nothing big. And then I moved to a much bigger uh, company where they had, uh, I started as employee, I think number 18 and we scaled it to, you know, uh, 80 employees. And so I was a, a part of the network implementation there and they built a data center and, you know, I, I actually built the data center. And so I was a part of a lot of, of, you know, pretty advanced computer uh, type work um, in my, you know, uh, from 19 to 20, one and then at about 21 is when i started my first company with that so, experience so 24 7 tech what 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 was it that you did specifically when you started the company the idea was pretty simple if your network was a wreck call 24 7 tech and i come fix it because that's basically what i did for my my job um you know at the company that i worked for logics you know we had computer failures and network failures and tons of problems at those at that time the level of of redundancy and the you know the uptime percentages were really low the internet was brand new networking was relatively new and uh and there was a lot of failure involved in the system at that time so that was the basic job you know it was i remember i got the telephone number 877-247 tech and next thing you know i was uh, i was on you know radio telling people if your network's a wreck call 24-7 tech uh, <laughs> that's great now did you did you sell that company uh, no, well, I exited it. I sold it to my partner. So it wasn't, you know, wasn't a profitable transaction. I basically sold my interest to him for a little less than what I had invested in it myself. And, um, and so, you know, it was profitable in terms of it taught me a lot, but I didn't make any money on the transaction. Does that company still exist today? No, no, my, my part, um, not, not, not in the, the way that it, uh, that it did. Um, I, I haven't looked up the domains, but I'm guessing that they're long gone and someone else is probably using them. <laughs> Somebody's got that phone number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, somebody does. I'm sure. Well, so then you went on to, uh, that's when you got into Vasalis, right? So no, Sky, about... Sky pipeline was my next venture. And that oh, was, a, yeah, that was a broadband wireless venture. So at 24 seven tech, I was commissioned by the U S Navy to do a ship to shore analysis on the commercial viability of broadband wireless. And the conclusion was that there was no commercially viable solution. And so I decided that I was going to create the commercial, uh, commercially viable solution. And I pioneered the broadband wireless movement and, uh, and, um, uh, did that in 2001 is when I started, uh, yeah, 2001. And I exited that business in 2004. I raised venture capital for it. I started with a very small $15,000 investment and built it, built it into a, $25 million company. And I'm proud to say that company does still exist to this day. Wow. And what's the name of that company? It's called, it doesn't exist under the name Sky Pipeline, but the network that we created has been acquired multiple times. In fact, my friend just recently acquired the network that, that I had built 
in back in 2001. And so the product and many of the customers uh, still exist to this very day. And it's called uh, Sky Pipeline. That's great, man. It, it's, and that's why I like to ask those questions about these early companies that were started by people like you who've who've done amazing things as an entrepreneur on bigger, on much bigger scale. Did, are those early companies still around? And it's really cool to think that, yeah, that company that I started is still still out there, still hanging around. Right. I know the first company that I sold um, was a lawn mowing company. I'd started this lawn care company. You know, entrepreneurs always got these little stories about lawn care. <laughs> and uh, I sold it to a construction company and they were uh, they essentially just acquired it for the cost of equipment and the, and the list. They, I just had a list. I didn't know what I was doing. And I just was sick of mowing grass. And uh, they don't I think they I think they didn't even mow any yards. I think they got into the thing. like, nah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so when, yeah. Did, uh, so when, when from- it when it when it goes away, it, it kind of, you know, it, it feels bad when it stick when it's still around. It feels much better. I had a person call me not too long ago and tell me that they're still using the product like 20 some odd years later. And, you know, that, that felt good to know that the work that I had done, in fact, when I had showed you my view, when we moved the camera and I showed you my view, there's an antenna tower that you might have glanced at when I showed it to you. That antenna tower was Sky Pipeline's most profitable tower. So every day I wake up and look out my window and see one of my old assets that I had built. <laughs> Good for you, man. That's that's yeah. awesome. So did, when did that? So did you go from Sky Pipeline to? to well, yeah. So I, I, after I sold Sky Pipeline, I wanted to. Um, you know, I, I, it was my soul's calling to motivate people and inspire people and do some motivational speaking. I'd never, I'd never shared my story prior to uh, that. I, in fact, I've tattoos. You can't see them here, but you know, I covered them up at this time. It wasn't common practice for people in the corporate world to have tattoos and have stories of adversity like I did. And so I, I covered that up along the way. You know, I'd raise uh, venture capital for some very, from some very prominent venture capitalists. And I was, afraid of people knowing my story, but it was on my heart to, you know, do some motivational speaking. I had learned the practice by motivating my sales team at Sky Pipeline. And that was part of the reason for our success was we had a fantastic sales team that was highly motivated, young and ambitious. And, you know, and and that was part of my magic over there. And so I wanted to go teach others. And so I went on the road, started doing some motivational speaking after exiting Sky Pipeline. and uh, started a social networking company. And the whole idea around the social networking company was to help connect mentors uh, with people that you know wanted to set and achieve goals. And it was called Path Connect. And because my life had changed when my path had connected with a mentor, I wanted to bring uh, that opportunity to the masses by way of software. And so I created a software called Path Connect. And uh, and and it was a, an early on pioneer in the social media space and uh, ended up then merging that software with the two co-founders who had started Vicellus because they had uh, a monetization engine that I felt was pretty strong um, in that they could monetize a social network offline. And I had built a platform to help people communicate and connect with their social network online. And so the merger of the two entities was really designed to be a disruption force within the direct selling industry, which was the uh, original premise for the, the founding of Vicellus. 
So a lot of what I hear in your story, uh, Ryan, is that a lot of this is technical stuff. Like you knew how to do technical thing, technical things. It sounds like it's just not commonplace for people to know how to do building software, building apps. Um, I mean, mobile broadband on a wireless scale, like <laughs> it wasn't wasn't viable before you got involved in it. How did you how did you learn how to do all that stuff? Well, when I was a kid, I used to steal computers and I used to reprogram them. <laughs> Uh, I liberated him is what I like to say now that those computers <laughs> needed a better, better home. And I think the universe, I'm a very spiritual person. So I'll say, God, you know, uh, uh, forgave me uh, for the fact that I had to obtain these skills because I didn't come from a family that had any means. We certainly could never afford a computer. And I was terrible at school. I was a high school dropout, you know, didn't have any access to computers throughout my high school education or anything like that. So I found my way to learn computers and computer programming uh, illegally. And then when just so happened that I had a skill and it became, it was very much in demand. So when I turned into a teen in an early adulthood and I started to pursue my career, I so happened to be trained and equipped in a skill that was the most demanded skill in the marketplace. And so I happened to go from making $6 an hour to a hundred plus thousand dollars a year as a teenager because of the computer skills that I had. And then I realized that, you know, I was making other people money and by becoming an entrepreneur, I could actually, you know, um, uh, capture more of the value chain that I was creating. Do you talk about in your most recent book, uh, Rock Bottom to Rockstar, about your background? Because you, you just revealed a little bit about your background, how corporate world didn't accept that or didn't want to hear it. But when did you like when did you really start embracing and telling that story to the world? Oh, it was the hardest thing in the world. So I got a publishing deal and I'd always talked about kind of like a rags to riches story, but I never shared with people that like I got shot at and shot at people and I was involved in, you know, some pretty heavy gang activity in Los Angeles. So I never, you know, dared share that type of stuff. I kind of kept it at the surface level, like, you know, and something in my heart just said that I got to put this in the book and I got a publishing deal with Penguin. And when I put it in the book, they insisted that the title be nothing. My title was nothing to lose, uh, everything to gain. And they insisted the title be nothing to lose, everything to gain. How I went from gang member to multimillionaire. And they said it'll sell a lot of books. And I was like, okay, you know, am I, am I ready for this? And, uh, prior to publishing it, no one knew. And then publishing it, everybody knew. And it was the scariest thing that I've ever done is take my skeletons out of the closet and put them in the bookstore. So I can imagine that would be scary, but now that you've done it and it's firmly in your past and now it's <laughs> part of your present story, yeah. what, uh, how does it feel now to tell that story? You know, I, I often contemplate about that. It's a, it's a good question because, you know, it, there, it, it's no longer who I am. You know, I, I was a gang member when I was 16, 17 years old. I'm 44 years old now. So that's 30 years ago right? That I was doing that. So like 30 years ago, it's a whole different me. It, it's an inspiring story and it connects with people. And so I'm grateful to have had it and to be able to share it, but it's definitely not um, any way that I act or behave or, you know, I, I don't listen to rap music anymore. I used to, um, you know, I, I've got, I've changed so much that I, I don't identify with it, but I know you have to bait the hook to suit the fish. And I'm grateful that God gave me a story that, you know, that, that hooks a lot of fish. How did you, how, why did gang, why did, why was that attracted to you as a 16 year old kid? What, what was it that made you want to get into that? Yeah. The neighborhood that I lived in, you were, you were basically, um, 
acculturated to it nonstop. And not only was culture at the time, you know, in Los Angeles in particular, gangster rap music was emerging. Uh, gang members were being glorified in movies. Um, so culturally, gang activity was on the rise. Um, and uh, and then the neighborhood that I was in, you know, you didn't have a choice. Like I'd be playing basketball in the park and all of a sudden guys would roll up and ask you what gang you're from and, you know, beat the heck out of you. If you said, if the wrong words came out of your mouth, if you said, you know, I'm from, you know, the house next door, they'd beat you up. So like you, you had no choice. You were intimidated. Uh, you were threatened. And in my particular case, I was forced into it. I didn't like basically raise my hand and say, please jump me in this thing. Uh, they basically targeted me. They jumped me in and they said, you know, you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're against us, you and your mom are going to go through living hell. And so I said, I'll, I'm with you. Wow, yeah. man, that's a, and to, to go from that as a kid to overcome that adversity, uh, forced gang membership to overcome that, to build nearly a billion dollar business. Um, that's gotta be, that's gotta be something that, uh, your friends who knew you back in the gang days can't get their head wrapped around. Well, you know, you're right. I mean, the truth is no one can get their head wrapped around for the most part of what it takes to, you know, I've done 2 billion in sales and, you know, to have an idea and to have $2 billion roll through your bank account as part of those ideas, it's been a few ideas to get me to 2 billion, but, you know, um, that's a lot of experimentation and it requires a lot of responsibility, a lot of ingenuity. And, you know, I'm, I'm not by any means the best entrepreneur in the history of the world, but, you know, I've, I've been able to, to learn this, this, this sport of entrepreneurship to a degree that I'm certainly a professional at it. And the $2 billion in experimentation, the multiple companies I've started are all products of that. So, you know, I, I, I've, um, the, you know, the further I've gone in my success, the more that I've realized that the altitude that you get to is really thin air and there's not a whole lot of people that, you know, know how to operate at that altitude. Yeah. Well, and you're right. I mean, the, the, I look at the people that I've had on this show. So I've been recording the show since December of 2020. I think, uh, I don't, we don't, I don't number the episodes because sometimes we get them out of order, but I think you're somewhere around the 90th close to the, I'm getting close to a hundred guests and I don't know everybody's hundred percent story, like what their exit numbers were, but yours is public. And, and I had another guy that sold his company for $450 million. You don't often have the, the nine figure guys on the show. So yes, it is rarefied air. It is different. It's a different place to occupy. And I can only imagine that I know your mom has passed, but I can only imagine she was extremely proud of you for what you have built over these coming from what you experienced as a teenager to where you are now as an adult, I know she had to be very proud of you. I get the chills just saying that, man. You're gonna, you're, you're touching me emotionally here at that. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you a quick story that pop, that prompted. My mom was in a coma for two years, and so when she fell down that flight of stairs, I was in one position, and when she woke up, by the grace of God, she woke up. I was in a whole nother position, and so like to have a two year gap and be like, "Mom, I made it." Like I, you know, when you fell down that flight of stairs. I was, you know, I had, you know, a couple million bucks in the bank, not a bad, not a bad place to be by any means. And she knew I was successful. But when she woke up, I was a New York number one New York Times bestselling author, had mansions and private jets and, you know, and all kinds of stuff like that. So it was quite an interesting thing to be able to reconnect with my mother after two years of her being in the coma and telling her that I just worked my heart out for two years to make her proud and to be able to see how proud she truly was of me when she did come back around. Man, that, that is a, that is a great, 
great story. What, where did your, uh, where did your faith come into this? Was this something your mom instilled in you as a young child or this, was this a coming of an age thing later where yeah. you uh, came to God? Well, my grandmother, uh, she no longer went to see their mission rest in, in, in purpose. Um, she, uh, she was a, a saintly person. She lived her whole life dedicated to her church. She had done something like 30 missions. Um, you know, she, she lived a perfect life, never drank, never cursed, never smoked, never drank caffeine, you know, so she was a real role model. Uh, early on in my uh, early childhood, I would, I would seek my grandmother. I was always a seeker. And I would ask her, teach me about the Bible, tell me this, take me to church. I, I asked to be baptized. Um, and so like there, this was a calling on my heart. But what happened was, is I was contaminated by my mother and father who were not uh, spiritual or not religious. My mother was spiritual. My father was the opposite of spiritual. He was, you know, more on the evil side of life. And so I, I got contaminated, you know, I got exposed to porn, drugs, alcohol, uh, severe violence. And then also in losing my, my father to drug addiction and then my mother to alcoholism, you know, there was a lot of, of, of you know, conditioning and programming that I picked up along the way that, you know, that, that was very conducive to ambition and status seeking and, you know, making money. Uh, but it wasn't conducive to being happy and being fulfilled and being whole and being healed. And so later on in my adult life, after exiting Vaisalus upon my mother's passing, you know, I went to work to build a brand new version of me that was free of the impurities that I had uh, picked up along the way. And many of them were seated early on in my childhood. But then as an adult, having means, you know, I, I became very decadent in my lifestyle. And I, um, you know, I tell people they all have, a, we all have a vessel. And in that vessel, we have light and we have mud. And I had filled up my vessel with mud and at about 40 years old, it was so filled with mud, I couldn't see the light anymore. And so that's when I really got uh, deep into my faith. That's awesome, man. So, well, congratulations for being able to go through that story and have a positive, positive ending to, well, it's not ending, but you know, yeah. present, a positive present of where we are today. So I too uh, rely a lot on my personal faith as, as a follower of Jesus to make sure that you know, I'm, I'm going the right direction. So I've always appreciate those that are, 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 are seeing the things similarly when this is, this is a much bigger issue than just dealing with what we're dealing with today in this world. There's a kingdom beyond this, that there's yes. uh, that we have to consider as well. Yeah. You gave me the chill, by the way, you gave me the chills just saying that. So no <laughs> doubt we're on the show, you know, to do God's work together. That's right, man. That's right. Well, and, and again, that's why I love doing the show because I never know who who I'm going to meet. Sometimes the people come on the show that are people that I knew or knew of. And then other times like you, it's like we've never met before today. We got on the show this morning, did the little pre-show talk. And now here we are yeah. discovering. Uh, I'm get, I, You're not really getting to discover me as much as I'm getting to discover you, but we're discovering each other through the process of this conversation. We're going to take a break from our show right now to bring you our sponsors. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Well, so Visalis, I want to talk about that because that's the that's the big one, right? So yeah. let's talk about Visalis. So Visalis was a company already um, it, 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 like Body by Vi already had this 90 day challenge, this weight loss and fitness transformation thing. Did, so you came in as a partner because you had this software that you could help change the direct sell model that they were using. Yeah. So who are the other players in that? And are they still involved? Yeah. So we, um, you know, just to give you a, so I, I was part of the, the creation team of Body by Vi. When I came in, Vaisalis was a doctor who had a, um, a multivitamin that was a fantastic product called Vi, or they call it the Vipac. And I liked the doctor. I liked his science. I liked his uh, lab research and his approach to uh, the creation of products. And I realized that I could create a lot of products with this individual and take them to market. When I acquired Visalis, I acquired it. It was doing $20,000 a month. And I raised a little bit of cash. Uh, and I bought the company with two co-founders for something like $75,000. Um, and I uh, was doing only $20,000 a month and it was pretty much failing. Uh, from that point, I brought in venture capitalists. I brought in uh, a management team. I built out and structured you know, the organization to be properly ran for uh, venture funding and then eventually a, a, you know, an IPO. So I was the key driver of the operational excellence and the technological excellence, and as well as the strategy and uh, vision and uh, of the company. And I have, I had, you know, two tremendously talented co-founders that I built it with. And then as well as some very talented people on my board and investors and an extremely talented team that, you know, we were blessed to attract and recruit based on our, our mission and, you know, our, uh, the energy that we had as part of the, the founding team. So Vicellus was a company based around this vitamin, vitamin pack. You ended, ended up coming and buying it for 75 grand, which is interesting because we're the, the number 75 you went to 792 million that's a hundredfold right hundredfold increase if yeah. i'm doing my math right i think it's a thousand, so you, think it's a thousand fold thousand, yeah a thousand see yeah, yeah i had my math wrong a thousand fold so you've got you got you buy this you put your software in place you create the body by buy 90 day challenge was the fitness thing something that was part of your life already or did yeah. this just open your eyes to this well i had just as you know god would have it i, I was led to get fit my prior lifestyle of being in software and in you know, technology was filled with pizza and sodas and just unhealthy living. And I'd ballooned up to about 260 pounds. After exiting Sky Pipeline, actually, as I was exiting Sky Pipeline, I was called to get my health right and get my fitness right because I was suffering from a lot of lower back issues, chronic lower back issues, and it was debilitating. And so I said to myself, I'm gonna get fit and get my health right. And so it just so happened as I, made that move to get my health correct and get fit. And as I was on that journey, they showed up with some, some products that I thought would be conducive to this new lifestyle that I was, you know, bringing forward. So that was, that was a part of the magic. And, you know, I've always had this spiritual discernment and when they showed up just so happened to be that I was uh, moving into the fitness space. And I thought like, maybe this is a sign that this is where I needed to hang my hat. Yeah, that the timing is a big, big, big part of that. So, so what year 
did you get introduced to Vasalis? What year was that? I got introduced to it in late 2004, and I worked with them for a little bit. I mentored the two co-founders. I taught them sales. I taught them some things. Um, we actually had done a project together in uh, the seminar space. And then from there, I uh, decided I'd join forces with them because I saw that you know, what they had was a great product, and they had a scalable model, and I had some, some resources and knowledge and some investors that I had worked with in the past that were very familiar with that that version, that model that they were doing. And so I really saw an opportunity for me to join forces with them and, you know, build something special. So you joined forces in 2004. When did you acquire the company? March 2005. So it was just about a year later. So you, you acquired Less than the a year. Yeah, within yeah. like 90 days, I late 2004, uh, started working with them. And then about within about, you know, a little less than six months, we were um, you know, we had, we had done the deal to acquire the company. So, so I got to ask, so the guys, the two guys that had founded Vasalis, are they still around today? They, yeah. Oh yeah. So what yeah, do they think about what happened? Are they like, holy crap, we missed the boat on this one. Uh, oh no. So the original founder of Vasalis did miss the boat, but the two guys I acquired it together, we shared in the company equally. So, you know, they did just as well as I did. Okay. And, cool. and, and I ended up leaving the company. We ended up selling it stuck around and the two of them ended up sticking around even longer than me. And so they even took it into other directions. And uh, the company is now been acquired yet again by a group called Prove It. And the uh, core assets of Vaisalas are you know, being shared around the world as we speak. So now you're number one a New York Times bestseller, writing the book, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. I, I'm assuming the story of the book is based on this whole rise out of where you were to where you are today. Uh, can you give us a little bit of flavor about what that book tells? Yeah, well, the book, the book tells it's a it's an entrepreneurial playbook for embodying the nothing to lose mindset, which is see the reason why most people, you know, don't understand entrepreneurs and don't understand successful entrepreneurs is because the mindset that they have is generally an employee mindset or a scarcity mindset because you know, they came from a family that the resources were scarce. They were taught scarcity. They came from a family that was risk adverse. They were taught, you know, to be risk adverse. And an entrepreneur is not, uh, you can't be scarcity minded and risk adverse to be highly successful as an entrepreneur. You have to take risks and you have to believe that, you know, you can create anything you put your mind to. And this is not what's taught inside, you know, the public education system. And so the, um, uh, you know, the, the playbook, nothing to lose is a, a playbook around how to embody the mindset necessary to be a successful entrepreneur. And I use my own story of adversity to share with people that whatever they're going through, they can go through too. They can get through it too. Cause if I got through being shot at and being, you know, going to jail, you know, and, and whatever they're up against, you know, is, is probably pales in comparison, or maybe they're up against even something more difficult than what I've experienced. And great. That should be the fuel to your fire. So what is about what is it about the uh, the documentary? Why did why did you do that next? Was it just a natural outcropping? Did somebody come to you and say, "Hey, we should do this"? Well, yeah. How did the documentary come about? As as God would have it, I had a camera following me when my mother found it, fell down a flight of stairs, and uh, I was filming some promotional related content for Visalis and for Nothing to Lose. Um, and uh, and the camera caught my two things, caught my son, uh, my mother falling down the flight of stairs, and it captured me just finding out the moment that my son had autism. I have a 12 year old boy going on 13 that was struggling deeply at the time. And 
And literally the cameras are rolling when I get a call from the doctor and they tell me or a call from actually his mother and they tell me that, you know, Reagan has autism. And so those two emotional captures, I realized maybe there's a film that we could put out here that'll, you know, inspire some people through some difficult times of their own. And this has been the core theme of my life is, you know, I've, I've experienced the teacher of suffering in a number of different ways. And I've captured it, I've written about it, I've documented it and filmed it. And then I, I share what I've learned uh, as a result of my experience with others so that they can have their hand held through suffering too. Yeah. And what, uh, so the new, the newer book, the rock bottom to rock star, what's, uh, what's different about that book than the nothing to lose book? Yeah, they're basically nothing to lose started in 2011. The documentary was like 2013, rock bottom to rock star is 2016. So it's capturing nothing to lose captures, you know, a fair amount of my early days plus, you know, my early entrepreneurial days. Rock bottom to rock star was more of how I, I was able to do things at a very high level, you know, um, the, the deals I negotiated, uh, you know, an IPO that, that I had planned and canceled and acquisition, you know, the acquisition of Vaisalis and, uh, and some of the, the principles and practices that I had obtained during that period of time. Um, and, and so they're all just basically, as I go through this experience of life and learn stuff, I want to share it with as many people as possible. And these are the vehicles that I, that I share through. So the Vaisalis, uh, the Vaisalis company, you took that from 25,000 a month in sales to, uh, $65 million a month in sales. And then ultimately the transaction to, to sell that company was $792.4 million at that if that's not rock bottom to rock star that, that listen that then we're not we're not looking at this right so <laughs> now though you, you buy is in the past you know you're not involved in that anymore yeah. and you now have this company alter call which is inspired by your your spiritual reinvention since your mother's passing so tell tell me a little bit about alter call and i, I was hoping I was because I didn't know you and I didn't know much about your story, of course, until now. And I was hoping the altar call had something to do with our our shared faith. And now yeah. that I know that it probably is. So tell me a little bit about altar call. Well, you know, it's 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 you know, it is it is everything to do with our shared faith is I believe that capitalism needs to have a dose of spirituality infused in it. I, I, there's a massive attack on capitalism right now. You have, you know, people saying that we should become socialist, which is just absolutely ridiculous in my mind. You have the income uh, inequality and the rich getting richer and the poor getting poor. And the natural place to look at is capitalism. And capitalism, in my opinion, is the best system that's ever been created. It has risen more people out of poverty than anything you can imagine. It is it has created a lot more good than we give it credit for. And so my mission is to create an altar call for capitalism and equip and train entrepreneurs to start businesses that are spiritually infused and conscious. And by spiritually infused and conscious, I mean leading with their faith, uh, leading businesses that are creating deep purpose and deep meaning within their teams and customers. And those that are actually factoring and taking care of the planet, you know, making the world better than they found it, not just extracting resources from it for the betterment of, you know, the ownership of the business, but rather extracting those resources and then replenishing the planet, you know, with those those resources. So it is my mission to put a dent into capitalism and to help lead a wave of entrepreneurs to do capitalism in a way that actually benefits all that it touches. So every every touch point that's connected to a business, I want them to be able to receive the benefit of that business's purpose and that business's light that's within it. So well, how are you? I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, how are you connecting AlterCall to these entrepreneurs? How are you getting it infused into capitalism? 
So I'm, I'm training and mentoring as many entrepreneurs as I can get my hands on. I'm, I'm training and teaching uh, coaches to train those entrepreneurs as well. And we start with a variety of modalities and practices to teach the entrepreneurs how to become grounded and how to become connected to their faith. So like that's the, the first uh, wave of, of it. And we have program called Transformation Accelerator, where we just take them through a transformational process where they can discover the purpose of their life, the meaning of their life, and then link that to their business affairs and endeavors. Because we often compartmentalize you know, our life from our business. And so I'm teaching entrepreneurs to see their life, their business, and their purpose as uh, you know, all connected to their soul's journey and their, their reason for being. Um, and so we provide a number of tools, we provide mentors, and we provide community for entrepreneurs that are looking to do entrepreneurship in a different way, a spiritual way. So do you have, is Ultra Call, like, is it mastermind based or is it more group coaching? Is it one-on-one or is it a combination of all those things? We, we have a combination of all of those. But as you know, you can imagine in my experience through technology, I'm, I'm also in, in, innovating and we're doing some R&D and uh, various technologies to help assist our entrepreneurs to be able to process and and you know basically scale their business in in ways that uh, align with them spiritually and reduce the amount of stress in the systems that they're building. And so we're you know we we've brought on a, a full time a psychotherapist. We have full time career coaches. You know we have a number of different resources that we provide to our entrepreneurs to basically give them a team so that they can go out there and provide their product and service to the marketplace without having to, uh, you know, suffer and struggle and endure the type of stress that most entrepreneurial practices endure. Well, um, I, I'm going to give you time at the very end of our show, of course, to tell people how to get in touch with you. But this is so I'm so curious about this. How do people get involved in Ultra Call? You know, they just reach out right now. It's a conversation. I'm mentoring uh, about 170 entrepreneurs. I just helped two exit their businesses uh, in the past couple of weeks, one in a pretty significant 70 plus million dollar transaction, another one in a multi-million dollar transaction. And, and so, for example, in those particular cases, not only did I help them negotiate their transactions, set their companies up for exit, walk them through the process. But now what I'm most excited to do is to teach them how to become uh, uh, greater servants and make a bigger impact and more philanthropic and more generous. Uh, the way entrepreneurs get in touch with me is real simple. I'm um, real Ryan Blair on Instagram, or they can go to altercall.com and, uh, you know, there's contact information there. But if an entrepreneur wants to work with me, they have to, um, you know, commit to balancing productivity and generosity. And I teach them how to increase their productivity through a variety of different modalities and tools and principles and practices and, you know, the community and coaching and so forth. Uh, but I'm only doing that because I really want them to increase their generosity. And so I'm invested in their business because I really receive my gratification and my real compensation out of knowing that I've helped a business owner make a tremendous impact in the marketplace. Wow. And that's great. How, how would how would you define the word success? I mean, you uh, from from sitting from my chair talking to you today, and the people listening in their cars and driving to work and whatever they're doing listening today, they're going to say, "Yeah, this guy's a successful guy." How do you define that term, success? So I, I had a mentor by the name of Coach John Wooden. He's an all Hall of Fame coach, most known for leading the UCLA teams to ten championships and a variety of other amazing records, but more important than his, than his accomplishments in sporting, he was a leader of all leaders. And, and he mentored me directly and I'm privileged to have had that experience with him. And he taught me that the definition of success 
success is knowing that you success is the peace of mind of knowing that you've done your best with uh, the tools that you have and i'm paraphrasing it and so just to reiterate success is the peace of mind of knowing that you've done your best with the tools that you have and so that's my definition of success given to me by john wooden and that's that's what i live by every single day so with that as a definition do you consider yourself to be successful i am today and tomorrow <laughs> i'm going to wake up and 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 i have peace today for sure and tomorrow i'm going to stretch myself because i'm increasing my capacity like i'm i'm not done growing you know the the myth that human beings stop growing is ridiculous like i'm growing and so as i grow every single day i have to increase uh my capacity for productivity and for generosity in order for me to have that peace of mind and so today i'm indeed successful and i plan to be successful today and tomorrow you know i plan to be successful too but i got to show up and do the work to make that happen why do you think uh why do you think you became so successful why what what, did, what do you think the keys were to your success you know i i was taught by my mother that i could do anything that i set my mind to and i still believe that you know i i look later on in life at the idea of affecting political change right now i want to set my sights on changing the perception of capitalism and igniting a movement of super conscious capitalists you know spiritual capitalists beyond that of just conscious capitalists i want to ignite a movement of spiritual capitalists out there to make the world a better place and so i have a vision uh, far greater than than anything I've ever done and anything that that you know that I've, I've experienced thus far and so as a result of that I'm always looking you know 10 20 30 40 years out I don't pay much attention to the success that I have today I'm grateful for it and I'm I'm you know blessed by it by all means but I know that God gave me talent and capacity that I have yet to uh, tap into so every day I'm in the pursuit to tap into that talent and to that capacity in a way that honors God and that glorifies God. Well, what's interesting about doing this show is that I get to ask these questions of these various uh, successful people that have achieved success through tremendously different avenues. Like your success came through a different way than another person. And when I ask them about these, these questions about success, the definitions are all uh, relatively the same, although worded differently. And I think that they all give an insight to how you as the entrepreneur perceive what success really is. And then the answer to the, that the answer that I get back on, are you successful varies from, yes, I'm very successful to, well, you know, tomorrow I'll be more, I'll try again, kind of like a version of what you just did. Yeah. So, so it's like one or the other, but both the answer is always yes, because you can't deny the fact that you have done the best with the tools that you had at your disposal for that day, just like John Wooden taught you. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy hearing your stories. Matter of fact, what's funny about this particular interview, and this is this is true. Uh, normally, when I'm interviewing people, I'm, I've, I've got a notepad here and I'm, I'm taking notes throughout the process and I'm thinking about, OK, this is the question I'm going to ask. But, dude, I'm so enthralled with your story personally um, that I haven't taken any notes until you told me your your uh, Instagram handle. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> thing I wrote down. It's like, okay, I love I it, man. That's awesome. Well, I got to connect. You and I absolutely need to connect because I love, that. Um, I, I, I love what you're doing and I, I, I'm with you. And I think a lot of the listeners are going to be with you too in this whole idea of capitalism. You know, socialism is ridiculous. It doesn't lead anybody any place worth going. Uh, it, it takes away from people to give to people that aren't doing anything. And capitalism is the opposite of that. However, as you are aware capitalism has this negative side of greed yeah. and, and of, of desire and uh, and and of uh, of lust and of uh, envy that needs to be squashed because capitalism doesn't require any of those things and i i love to hear you of all people talk about 
that that's what you want to raise. You want to spiritual capitalism. I, I yeah. Like yeah. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. Cap. I believe God is calling us to upgrade capitalism. You know, capitalism was a very important model. And I know the creator's hand is in everything. We don't give him enough credit. Like his hand is in everything. And he sparks people like us to say, Hey, there's a better way. Personal ambition is great if it is connected to serving a greater purpose, right? So like if my personal ambition is connected to making the world a better place, then it's a perfect model. And so all we need to do is get people to connect their businesses to making a world a better place and then to actually living out and embodying that and taking action on that. And we'll fix, we'll fix environmental issues. We'll fix all kinds of issues as capitalists. We'll fix more issues as capitalists than any other form of, of governance that you can imagine. Certainly the government's not gonna fix these issues. Uh, and you know, and socialism isn't gonna fix these issues. And so it's gonna be up to us to fix these very important issues that we face right now. And so I'm just excited to ignite a new wave of people because that's what entrepreneurs are, it's worse problem solvers. So I'm excited to help a new wave of entrepreneurs solve problems that are complicated to solve and they're gonna require some innovation and ingenuity to do so. I think that the perspective, Ryan, that you're giving is really important to pay attention to for the listeners to say, listen, as an entrepreneur, you have the opportunity to make money and make impact in ways that you could not do as not being an entrepreneur. And that doesn't mean entrepreneurs are better human beings than non-entrepreneurs. What it means is that we have a unique opportunity to create means. I mean, you're sitting there where well, you sold a company for uh, almost a billion dollars and you've created millions and two billion dollars gone through your bank account, as you said. That is an opportunity, an opportunity to make impact, to give people choices and give people freedom and to, to help them get out of the place that they are today to a place that they need to go. Imagine you, you as a 16, 17 year old teenage gang member, if somebody at that moment had stepped into your life who had the means and the ability and the desire to help and said, listen, I'm going to give you this money and I'm going to give you these opportunities. And I'm going to lead you to a different place. Now, who knows what the unintended consequences that might have been, but we as entrepreneurs can step into those places now. And I love your perspective on it. I'm, 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 I admire you for what you're doing. So congratulations on your success, man. Thank you. I, you know, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm just excited to connect with you. And, and I know everything happens for a reason. I know you and I are on this, this uh, podcast right now for a reason. And the listeners are listening for a reason. So hopefully we can inspire some change on the planet together in this, this short time that we have. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give some advice as we close out the show today. So on the listener spectrum of this show, you've got you got guys like you, super successful, you know, nine figures plus. And then you got the other folks that are on the front end of that spectrum that are just getting started. And then everybody in between. If you could speak, Ron, just for a couple of minutes to those people on the front end of that spectrum, what advice would you give them as a super successful entrepreneur? So as an entrepreneur, you're building a house, basically. And you want to, when you're building a house, the most critical stage of building the house is the foundation. Once you build a really solid foundation, then the house goes up very quickly. So focus on building that foundation. You know, don't worry about how fast the house is going to go up, how big the house is going to go up. Build the foundation. And by foundation, I mean your operating systems, your recruiting systems, your, you know, marketing, your sales. There's only about, you know, eight or so dials that you got to, excuse me, you got to dial in to be a successful entrepreneur. You know, it's sales, it's marketing, it's supply chain, it's finance, it's technology, um, you know, uh, you know, might be uh, research or some other dials, but there's not a whole lot of dials that you got to dial in. And so you got to study each of those particular categories. You got to get very competent in each of those categories. And then most importantly, you got to surround yourself with people that are better than you in each of those categories 
So that way you have a business that's a thriving ecosystem that's providing opportunity for multiple people. The biggest mistake I see young entrepreneurs make, and even AlterCall right now has 20 employees and we're you know, a very young company, um, and it's continuing to, to grow uh, you know, quite quickly, is because entrepreneurs, they get stuck they don't take the risk to hire people better than them and to hire people off early on in the process. And so they, they're lone wolves and they're solo entrepreneurs out there. And so my advice to you is surround yourself with great people, aim high, and just know that you can do anything that you set your mind to. Ron, it's uh, such a pleasure to talk with you today. I really, really uh, appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, I'm going to go look you up. Uh, I'm going to watch that documentary. I'm going to take a look at that. And uh, I, I, th I would encourage the listeners to go look at that too. It's called, it's called uh, just nothing to lose, right? That's yes. the if you go to YouTube, nothing to lose the documentary. Uh, you can check it out. Yeah. And check out uh, Ryan at, at real Ryan Blair. And that's B L A I R and R. I guess I should spell the whole thing. R Y A N B L A I R real Ryan Blair on Instagram and uh, you can go look him up there and follow him. I will certainly be a follower. And I'm really, again, just pleasure to meet you. I love what you're doing. And uh, Jesus bless you and what you're trying to accomplish, man. It's been a, been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. That's, that's such a blessing. And may Jesus bless you too, brother. All right. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur and his story. Uh, and I, 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 you know, what I was saying there at the end, I normally am writing a lot of notes when I'm recording podcasts with people because I'm trying to think about, okay, what's the, I want to ask about this, I want to ask about that. But I was, I was so wrapped up in his story that I forgot to write, write down the notes and we didn't get into the five keys like I typically do, but nevertheless, great story. Uh, great guy. Just, just, I'm, I'm impressed by this guy. The humility was obviously present in his life and his story. Um, and what he's, what he's accomplished is, is great. And I love his mission to, uh, to kind of reboot capitalism and what he's doing with Alter Call. Um, I, I'm going to get involved in that. And I would encourage you to look into that as well. You know, one of the things that he talked about there was that his advice to entrepreneurs is to get involved, get your network together. Um, I, I believe, and I say a lot that your network is your net worth. And that's why I'm in, in mastermind groups and I join societies and organizations. And that's why I run a mastermind group. And my mastermind group is called the Exeter Club. And the Exeter Club is designed to be an exclusive mastermind for entrepreneurs who want to move on to that next big adventure. They want to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I get out of the daily operations of this opportunity, this business without selling it, and then move on to that next big thing? So it's, it's for those exiters, those people that are getting on out of one thing into the next. And so if you're interested in the Exeter Club, just go to the exeterclub.com. Uh, you can also look at that on my website at therealjasonduncan.com. And I'd be happy to talk with you about what that is. You can, there's an application form on my website. You can apply. That application comes directly to me. And I schedule calls directly with people to talk to them. We've, we just started this mastermind um, in January of 2022. And we've already got uh, a lot of amazing members from across the United States that are part of it. And we're continuing to grow. So if you want to increase your network and you want to get into a group of people that are doing cool things, look up the Exeter Club 
at therealjasonduncan.com. So go look at that mastermind up there. Well, thank you for tuning in and thank you for subscribing to this podcast. It is my joy to do this and bring this content to you. And I hope that you will subscribe, leave us a five-star review. I mean, Ryan's story deserves that. If nothing else, his story is, is fantastic. So tune in again next week when I talk with yet another amazingly successful entrepreneur about his or her story to success. Until then, I'm the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.